1: Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Drs. Andrea Dennis and Eva Saranovich take your pet health questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or start WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk.
2: Good afternoon and welcome to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis. I'm from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. I will be flying solo today on the air and this is a live show because I wanted to make sure we had that completely clarified uh, between some of the press conferences today and this week. Uh, Life seems like a little bit upside down, but I am here in the studio right now for the next hour and I am anticipating being able to speak with you about your pets. I would love it if you'd give me a call at 860-522-9842 or 1-800-966-9842. Because of the... The, the unusual feeling of our lives right now, I think if we can try to concentrate on our pets, at least for the next hour, and there's so many other things that are going on and in their lives and you're caring for them. Uh, we've, we've talked about whether it's picking out something, what's the best food for them to, you know, how do I manage their diabetes? So that's what this this uh, phone line is open for so that we can answer those questions and try to deal with some um, day-to-day issues even though life does feel somewhat different right now and um, you know you've, uh, we saw several patients this morning actually it was non-stop this morning seeing our patients I we um, everyone had left very healthy and there is no problems and you know we could we still needed to take care of certain issues that um, Pets still have, they get sick. They they need to be updated on their other vaccines, like rabies. So I think that it's important for us to keep the issue of coronavirus in mind, but at the same time, let's not make our, our lives for our pets change too much if we can. And with that being said, um, I have had, through a lot of my visits, every would say since probably... Um, the end of February I would say since the end of the February people have been asking me can dogs get coronavirus can they get this um, COVID-19 and I know where the where this is coming from and basically the answer is going to be No, but of course, because there's a lot that we don't know about this specific virus. And when they talk about a virus being novel, that means it's new. That means that you don't, we don't know exactly how this uh, virus is gonna behave. But also I know that a lot of these questions came from the fact that in Hong Kong, there was a woman that was actually diagnosed. She was ill from the coronavirus respiratory uh, disease. So she really did have a problem with it and um, so she had to be hospitalized. The dog for the authorities actually quarantined the dog and they did nasal swabs and oral swabs and they could isolate the virus in the dog but it was very very slight it was what they called a weak positive but it did persist the dog has showed no signs it's not acting sick when they did a recent blood test the blood test came back negative So the World Health Organization is overseeing this aspect as well. Um, Our American Veterinary Medical Association, which I am a member and serve on their board as well. We are not seeing any evidence of our pets transmitting this disease to humans. And again, this one dog that they did isolate it from did not come... Uh, come down with the actual illness itself no it's considered an infection because they could isolate it but again it was a weak positive and we don't really know what a weak positive actually means in in great detail because everybody is learning everything is new but i'm trying to pr- make sure that we sort of a project the answer that we need to stay calm about this it's going to be we need to be very diligent about washing our hands. There are some guidelines that I'm going to go through um, in a little bit. If you are, for some reason, a person that is infected with the coronavirus, you're sick from it. I know we still don't have a lot of testing in place, you know, in terms of people that are, are sick or just people are being tested because they've been exposed to it. But the overall answer to the question is no that our pets are not going to come down with this disease and I think that's important to keep in mind but again we're always looking we're always going to make sure that we um, stay on top of things the other uh, question that I'm getting is are you going to close down our veterinary office is going to close down are you going to be there if I need you and I think every Every different hospital will probably have um, be open, I think, but I think they are going to have different protocols. For instance, we um, again, we saw many patients this morning. We disinfect after every patient comes into the room. We always wash our hands um, after every patient, anyways. So there's a lot of things that we do in veterinary uh, hospitals, just like in human hospitals, that put things in place so that we have not had anyone come down ill at all, so we feel very comfortable with our cleaning practices. Um, the example I was going to use is that we have a longtime client and, and a dog that we see regularly. Um, he has some issues that require us to treat him every six weeks or so. And the owners, they're both in their 80s, and they asked, would we be willing to come to the car to get the dog and bring them into the hospital? And we said absolutely yes you know just hand us the leash we will take care of everything don't worry about coming in with a credit card just if you feel safer staying in your car we can work around that and it worked out very well you know we said don't worry about paying (laughs) just just let's make sure we get this um this patient treated and it worked out very well and i think they were very comfortable um you know and they just have been doing a lot of reading and you can't blame someone that's in their 80s um, for wanting to take every possible precaution. But what I would recommend is that if you feel you you do have to have your um, pet seen or you have an appointment, call them first, um, or if they are not calling you to sort of confirm the appointment. Some of us um, also have websites that you can go to the websites and see are you doing anything differently business-wise. Um, our website is Bloomfield Animal Hospital CT.com. Um, I did get an email this morning from Piper Memorial. They're making some changes. They're in Middletown. So if you are patients of them, they theirs. They uh, are sort of making some changes in their protocol. And again, it's also about not that we're worried about giving it to a dog or the dog giving it to us. That's not the issue. The issue is people to people contact. And again, we have um, staffs, we have large staffs, our staffs have families. So that's what we're all trying to keep safe. But we at the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, we're, we're open as usual. We just have added precautions. And if you are sick, if you are coughing, that's just the common sense, right? I don't even need to say it. You know you just that's something that you know that, hey, I might have to cancel my appointment. It probably isn't corona, but really, why take a chance and bring any any respiratory disease to the hospital? So I think that's one of the things that we want to make sure that we keep people focused on um, and again, the best advice is to call your hospital beforehand. Um, I'm going to, uh, let me take a quick break right now and then we're going to talk to Mark who has a specific question about the coronavirus and I'm going to also talk about where the World Health Organization stands and what you can do to really make sure you have everything in place while we go through this next two, four, six weeks, who knows how long and, and making sure we have everything ready for our pets. Okay, but again you can call about anything having to do with your with your own dogs and cats today, okay? This is Dr. Andrea Dennis. I'm here from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. We'll be right back with more pet talk. So- Welcome back. You're listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk where we talk about your pet's needs medically and sometimes the behavior crosses over into being a um, sort of a sign that they're medically having issues and that's what we're here to talk about. Everything having to do with your pets in terms of medicine and diagnosis and treatments. So give us a call at 860-522-9842 or 800-966-9842. I opened up the show with trying to clarify some of the uh, questions that I'm getting in the office and it was packed to the gills this morning before I got here in terms of seeing patients, but you can't help but have a conversation about coronavirus and, and are we do we need to worry about our pets. And I believe Mark has a question as well. How are you today, Mark? Oh, hi. Hey, thanks for taking my call. i sure. glad to hear your show. Thank you.
3: Um, I listened to the very nice doctor at 11 o'clock. He had a real good show, too.
2: Yeah, Dr.... Um- uh, Alessi. He's the Yankees doctor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's a
3: great, great guy. I've he learned is. from him a lot. And he's a great person too. Oh wow, that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Glad to hear that. Gee, um, now I have. A, I always try to make my question on radio. I call the Norwich talk show sometimes okay. a lot, and I try to think about both sides of things. Okay. And now, a lot of times these days with the coronavirus. People are, common sense only tells you, and they are doing it, they're trying to keep the grandkids that could easily pick it up away from the grandparents that could easily get sick from it. Right. Now, my question is, if someone, not really with cats, but with dogs, Mm -hmm. they like you, they like to lick you and stuff. Uh, Right. (laughs) Now, um, if you have a dog and you're the grandparents, or if you have a dog and you're the parents with the grandchildren, Should you want to leave your dog at home instead of go to visit and have the dog lick everybody on each end? Just leave the dog at home on each end. Or is it – I don't know how the transmission is between pets that lick people –
2: and, uh, well, we're again, what with what the both the at this point in time, and this is an excellent question, Mark, too. So, um, but at this point in time, and, and I guess we have to preface that because we learn more about this virus every day, both the CDC and the World Health Organization have indicated there's no evidence to suggest that pet dogs or cats can be a source of infection to humans. That being said, though. There's still guidelines in place so that if someone is either diagnosed and sick from the coronavirus, I'm talking about a human, um, that you don't really want that person to be the main caretaker of the dog until we learn more. You don't want them to be the one that's going to, if that individual is the one that is sick. That's what we're preferring at this point, just being ultra-precautious pre- about this and ultra-cautious about it. It's a precaution that we want people to take in place. And if you do have your dog, you want to pet them, you know, always wash your hands. But, again, that's just being very, very um, sort of like, you know, the, the top level of being hypersensitive about not having anything transmit. But there's been no proof that it's transmitted. But, yeah. So
3: well, the, if the dog is doing the licking, but how about if... Some like within the short term, say a half hour. Yeah. If, if 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 somebody even out in the public, not the the kids' home, right? They sneeze on the dog, and then oh. they go to the grandparents. Not you know maybe one in a hundred yeah. that would happen. It, right. And then with the grandparents get. You know, off
2: the fur, the germs. Well, I think, again, that's the um, you're talking about, you know, what could happen, not that it's been proven that it can because they they do live on surfaces. The virus, this coronavirus does live on surface. I mean, it lives longer on some surfaces versus others. I don't think I, I have heard some rumors about the extremes that people are doing in terms of washing their pets in China. Um, I mean to the point that it's it's hurting hurting the dog and cat population right I do think that when we talk about those of us that are older over sixty 70 eighty, let's just be super cautious so when you your question was should we leave the dog home? I would say, why not? Um, I think that's the best thing we could possibly do. I wouldn't be going to a dog park at this point in time. And I think one of the specialists on the news conference, and again, I was driving in, so I don't remember the names, but the one that they had at the White House just a little while ago, she was talking about young children and the fact that even though the young children don't seem to be showing signs of the disease and coming down with the illness, we don't know if they're asymptomatic, which means they have it, but they don't show the signs. So, so much that we don't know. So if we do have people that are older, let's just be super careful. And I think that, and always wash your hands if you can. I mean, even I came in 10 minutes early just to wipe down um, the studio here, you know, because that's that's the way I'm living my life.
3: Right, right. That's a great idea. I saw (laughs) some at the supermarket, a man in Mystic on the hill near Old Mystic Village, and he was... uh, Washing all the surfaces down, even on the can return machines, buttons and everything. Yep,
2: that's what you have to do. And I think we're just going to be smart and we see how drastically things have changed. The do's, the don'ts, the schools are closing. This week feels so different than last yeah. week you know so but these are good questions so do I, but keep your dogs i think the best advice i can have is let's keep our pets safe let's keep them um healthy let's not feel they you and more now than ever with this isolation that we're all feeling we need our pets but again why take we why take them all over the place why take them to the park why take them to your grandkids house and then come on home just keep them home for now and then you know we'll spend a lot of good quality time with them when you get home yeah okay. Well, thank you so much.
3: I wouldn't have asked the question if I didn't hear you on the radio, so oh, it's I a good question
2: i and I'm trying to clarify confusion, so I think this question really really did help Mark. so you have a good day. thank you, you too. thank you Bye. bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah, that's um. I'm really commend him for asking something that was just so on target. Because again, these are the questions that we have, and I may be back in a week or two and have even more final um, answers along the way. But I do keep up the best that I can, and again, I'm connected to um, several experts, and I'm trying to bring the best information. Versus, there's stuff online there that just doesn't make any sense. Hey, Jack, are you there? You going to bring us into a different direction?
0: Yeah. Oh, good. Never about this uh, coronavirus. stuff.
2: But then no, we don't. We I want to talk about anything that has to do with your pets today.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a border collie. Yeah, I love and border collies. Anyways, I I got them because I retired from work and uh, I was gonna be able to walk into the woods with them. but I ended up getting diabetes and I got a couple of uh, invitations, but now I can't walk as much. I take him out. I let him go out. He goes out and stuff because he wants to go out all the time. Oh yeah, border collies are uh, very—they're very active, energetic. Anyways, he doesn't eat. I'll I'll leave the food out there, and for three days he'll then I'll go eat, and then but he runs around. He's very healthy. Okay, you know I came to the vet, and they say is that normal for a border collie?
2: Border collies are. Work dogs. I mean, that's what they do. And, you know, if there are times food is generally, and we're we're being just talking in generalities, is not that important to them. They eat when they're hungry. I think sometimes, too, um, you might want to make the food a little bit appetizing. I'd like a dog to eat at least something every day. Does he eat snacks if he's not eating the dry food?
0: Yeah, well, when I go out with him and I bring him back in the house, Right away, he wants a cookie. You yeah. know what I mean? He wants, a, he wants a treat. Right. I so take him outside to go pee pee. Yeah. And he wants him. He wants a cookie when he comes back. Right. So, so I do give him. I do give him
2: yeah and he right and he likes that that one-on-one interaction you might want to just put the if you're putting the food down and it is a dry food you might want to add a little chicken broth something to make it a little bit more appetizing sometimes they all okay uh, okay all. but he'll some days he'll eat me. a lot and some days he won't eat so much right
0: oh if i leave it out there Mm -hmm. i'll go look i
2: don't know when he eats
0: he like sneaks up on it or something.
2: i I, know know some dogs that just only want to eat at night so people give him a couple of snacks in the morning and then give him a good meal at night sometimes they want to be social eaters where they only eat people tell me when they sit down and they sit at the kitchen table so that may be gone but if he looks healthy then that's what the way he is and i wouldn't change anything then
0: what about what about a steak bone?
2: Um, you know what? I'm going to have to put you on hold if you want to talk a little bit more on, on this, Jack. So let me put you on hold, okay? And then we'll um, talk a little bit more about that. Uh, because when we have to go to news, we have to be on time. So we'll be right back with more Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. It's Saturday. It's a beautiful day outside, actually. Welcome back to more veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis. I am from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, and normally there are two of us here in the studio, but I am joined um, by Mike today, who is producing the show, as usual. Um, But Dr. Saranovich is not with me today, but she'll be back. She's feeling fine. She just had uh, another commitment for today. So I'm asking you to join me, you to call in, ask any questions that you have about your pets. I know many of you are out, out there doing errands in the car. Going to the grocery store, I'm not even going to discuss toilet paper because I don't understand that one. But um, that's um, that's why we're here to talk about the facts having to do with anything having to do with pets and the coronavirus. But we're happy to talk about whether your dog is limping, what the last visit you had with your veterinarian, how things are going with your cat in terms of um, sometimes inflammatory bowel disease. So there's so many other things that we still have to worry about and concentrate on as pet parents um, with our four-legged members of the family. And we don't want to have that go to the wayside. So give us a call at 522-9842 or 1-800-966-9842. I've got about another 20 minutes here on the air and I would love to speak with you. Because of the timing, though, of everything that's happened in the last week and the questions I am getting after everyone has come in for their appointments and asked questions about their dogs specifically, then we get on to the, the coronavirus itself. And as we talked about before, the CDC, the World Health Organization has said that there is no evidence or proof that we, um, that dogs or cats are transmitting it to people. Um, and, and we have not had any cases of it um, in in a dog other than in Hong Kong where they did isolate the virus in from a swab from the nasal cavity. The dog wasn't sick. It was a very weak positive. And when they've, they've done blood tests and there's no positive blood tests that that's come up with it. So that's kind of where this talk in the media about the dog it's one in late um, February in Hong Kong. Um, So, but for the most part, we're just going to practice really smart um, hand washing. I think we will, at the end of the show, I am going to talk about some of the things that I still want people to be prepared with, just like any preparedness. Um, for, you know, I get, we do consider this an emergency. It's a state of emergency. The president called, said so. Our governor did so earlier. And it's something that we still need prepared. And we're going to talk about how you can stay prepared with your pets. But I also am encouraging you to talk to me about anything, any questions that you might have. And I think uh, Donna has such a question. Donna, welcome to uh, Pet Talk. Hi. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. Um,
3: I'm calling because my daughter has three small dogs and a cat. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the dogs is a small chihuahua, and he has a heart murmur. And she just went to her vet. Um, to have her other dog um, looked at and her cat for the regular physical and came back. And then the test said that now her other dog has a heart murmur and the cat has a heart murmur. And I'm wondering, is that something that comes with age or what would cause that to happen?
2: Yeah, that's an excellent question, especially when you're, like, diagnosing the the symptom in more than one pet in the household. Right, and it came, like, out of nowhere. right. Um, I think that's where, um, you know, when we, as veterinarians, take our stethoscope out and ask the room to be quiet and listen to the, the hearts of our, our patients, cats and dogs, we, we do that every single time pretty much that they come into their office because the, a heart, uh, murmur can come and go. It can be there one day and then not the next visit, or maybe they have it as a puppy or a kitten. It goes away and it doesn't come back. Um, I would say that the general in generalities though that we tend if we don't diagnose a murmur when they're young it is something that we tend to see as both our cats and dogs get older and what okay okay, what a heart murmur is it's a sound that we hear Um, it's a it's made from the valves of the heart and you have four valves so even when we're examining the heart we're trying to figure out which valve it's probably coming from and many times it could be more than one valve Um, heart murmurs don't necessarily a hundred percent indicate that you have heart muscle disease but it can be the first clue we grade murmurs so I don't know if you know from your daughter we grade them and this is a universal grading system one is the lowest and six would be the worst sound of murmurs did they mention what number it was
3: No, she didn't. She got an appointment
2: again next week. Okay. I I mean, a lot of times, you know, they're just grade one, grade two murmurs, and, you know, it stays that way. We monitor, we watch it for for years. I, depending on the breed, um, depending on the breed uh, of the patient, when I hear a murmur that's pretty significant for the first time, I will recommend that we do an echocardiogram on the heart just to have a baseline if possible. I know it's another expense, but it, it tells me so much more than just the fact that I've picked up a heart murmur. It actually looks at the heart and looks at the valves and lets me know that whether it's something we need to do more work up on or nothing to, to worry about but just monitor. And um, so that's some of my sort of general rules. And probably if she's going back, that's that may be something that they're going to discuss with her.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think also we are now, you know, this grain-free diet that there's been a lot of talk about grain-free diets in the news. Have you heard about that?
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. And we're finding more heart disease. But there's a connection with the grain-free. We don't know exactly what it is yet. but um, And we're finding more heart murmurs. And, and there's soft murmurs that we're finding more in dog breeds that don't normally have heart disease like there's certain and we talked about it a couple weeks ago there's certain breeds that like doberman pinchers are very prone to heart disease but we're finding it in you know maybe a golden retriever that we normally don't it's not a big breed that we see it in okay well that's interesting it is it's very and i may have over answered the question but um if I would still follow up on it. I don't know what's being recommended by her veterinarian. I don't I don't believe if you're not feeding a grain free diet, I don't believe there's anything that you're doing at home that's causing it. It's just yes. something that happens. And we okay. have to try we try to get to the bottom of it if we can.
3: Okay, thank you.
2: You're very, very welcome. Thank you for calling. Heart murmurs are the same thing when you go to your own doctor's office. You know, that's one of the reasons why they listen to the heart, not only the rate and they do their blood pressure. We listen to the and we do blood pressure on cats and dogs, too. But we also go ahead and um, it's not just the heart beats that we're listening to. It's whether it's a high heartbeat rate. It's is there a murmur? Is there no murmur? Is there an irregular beat, or is there no regular beat? That's those are some of the things that we're, we we want to talk about. So, um, yeah, staying close with the heart murmurs and looking very closely on that is. Um, I would do the follow up, but I don't believe there's anything. Um, if you're doing good, using a good, nutritious diet, I don't believe there's anything that you're doing that could be be causing that. Um, what we're going to do is tuck. If there's no calls right now, but Please feel free to give me a call. Like I said, I have about um, fifteen minutes less left to the show, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. But since we're still kind of have coronavirus on our on our minds, have a couple of suggestions for you. If you do actually have a person in the home that has coronavirus and is sick from coronavirus, we want to try to separate them away from our dogs. Dogs in particular, but I would say dogs and cats. If we can, it may not always be able to be the case. And what we can do to prepare is that should, uh, in the event that someone in the home becomes ill, you should identify someone in the house that's not ill. That's going to be the person in charge of taking care of the pet while this is going on. Um, you want to be that's the one that's going to feed them, take them outside. We always wash our hands. That would be the best thing that we can possibly do to have a plan beforehand. Um, again, if you're the only one at home with the pet, then you have to take care of the pet. That's that's, not, a, that's a, not an issue. I think if, too, you feel like you've then been exposed to someone with coronavirus, and now you're worried, should I be the one to take care of my dog at home? The dog can stay at home with you. That's not a problem. But at the same time, I think I would just... Again, really wash our hands. We want to try to prevent nose-to-nose touching if we can, because, um, again, that's where this the swabs identified it, in um, this dog from Hong Kong. So let's pre- be prepared and kind of pick out, yeah, I'm going to be in charge, and this if the, we do have an emergency situation. The other thing, and this is not to make you panic, but we've talked about this on when we've had hurricane season, when we've had huge snowstorms coming our way, Is always have a kit ready to go with your pets. Always have at least two weeks of food, uh, water, just in case, you know, we, um, that's usually more with our hurricanes if people can't get running water, Um, your medicines. And that's one thing I would really talk to and call, speak with your veterinarian about is the medications. You don't wanna run out of medication if at all possible. So, you know, make sure you have. Two weeks a month supply i know that a lot of people picked up medication from us today most people we give them a month uh, 30 to 90 days depending on what the situation is and that's um just think ahead again don't panic most veterinary offices are closed right now but let's think about getting that in in place kitty litter have that in place do you have a diabetic dog or cat a fresh bottle of insulin. I know it's expensive. It's gone up over the years, but if you're starting to run low, you want that insulin available too. So uh, let's not worry about having that. Um, you just don't want to run out. That's the key aspect of being prepared. And if you be if you are prepared, I think you sleep better. Um, Remember, we want our flea and tick medication as well, if at all possible. So I think what I'm going to do is um, I know it's going to be getting close to having a quick break. Um, So I'm going to do that right now. And then we're going to come back and talk to a couple more folks. You're listening to Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yes, welcome back to Pet Talk. And we will rise. We are going to get through all of this worry and concern over coronavirus together and um, with that in mind I just want to thank Justin Levine for taking care of the music and finding music that kind of timed in with what today is all about. We um, did promise though that we wanted to talk about other issues having to do with your pets and if I don't get to everyone's phone call today I will be back in a couple of weeks and be happy to answer your calls but Mark was up first and so Mark I appreciate your patience thank you.
1: Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I have today. A nine, he's nine months old today. Uh, oh. Eastern European Shepherd. So lots of energy.
2: Oh my goodness! Yes. Uh,
1: so yeah, <laughs> and and I and I keep him very active. So he's stimulated. He's a very happy dog. However, Thursday we were throwing the ball, and he he was coming. He was retrieving the ball. He stopped and started to limp. He cried for a minute uh you know mm-hmm. i didn't know what happened and long story short it went away it came back it's very intermittent uh we're going to the vet tuesday for allergy reasons uh and and he doesn't have any head bob uh but i, I was wondering what it was and i just noticed as he kind of did a wheelie and landed on his front right paw he jammed a toe and i'm thinking and i don't know what they're called on a dog so lack of a better term his his, one of his toes, and then I went and touched it and I pressed upwards. The nail's fine. There's no swelling. Okay. But he, he gave me the cue of, you know,
3: do not touch.
2: touching that. So there is so, no swelling? What's that? There is no swelling where he's painful?
1: No. Okay. No, it, the paw looks just the same as the okay. other paw. And within like 20 seconds, he's back to himself again. Okay. But I want to keep him, I want this to go away so he can get active again. And now right. I've had him in the kennel for extended amounts of time which is uh, it's abnormal for him right and i'm wondering like how do i manage this am i is it is is
2: Are you how, gonna...
1: how, how do i handle this
2: right yeah i think you, you you don't want to do any more harm is what you're the way what you're saying right
1: right i'm kind of putting him on bed rest but i'm forcing yeah. him and he's he's very clearly unhappy in the kennel. right he's not interested in treats anymore and he's mm-hmm. just looking at me if i I leave the house to go outside. He's barking, which never ever happens. Right. So I could tell he's getting stressed out, and he's shedding. He started to shed like a madman, even more than a right. shepherd normally so, does.
2: So the, the 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 I know we're talking. We're going to go back to the the leg in just a second, but he's also got, has some skin issues. That's why you have a he has a a dermatology appointment too. Is this the same uh, dog? Not
1: a dermatologist yet. We just started. We just started to tackle this about three weeks Allergies. ago. Allergies. So I have him on an antibiotic. For, okay. The, the sore that was on his back, and then I have some other medication. I can give you the names if you would like them, but there's another pill I give. Okay. Them two pills a day to keep the itching so he okay. doesn't
2: bite himself. Oh, okay. All right, so that's just coincidental. Okay. Um so getting back to the leg. I mean, you've you've identified that it's definitely a front leg that bothers him. Um what I when I examine and people come in, um I always just start with a clean slate. If there's no swelling on that paw and that you check the toenails the t- toenails cuz they you know what they can partially tear off their toenails. Um yeah. and that's very painful. Um, I always start my examination on the legs I do all four legs but the one that's really bothering them and I start from the toes and I work all the way up because I never want to assume that it's um, one part of that leg versus another um, I you know could it also be I mean at nine months old could it really that he yeah he may have hurt his toe but now you've heard of panosteitis right in a young dog you've heard like that no. growing pains growing pains
1: I have but this this it, looks it, different. It, he is because he, he's. Yeah, I had those. Like he'll he'll all of a sudden yelp and look at me like I poked him or touched him, and 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 I'm on the other side of the room, and I'm like, "Nah, that's all you." And I okay. associate that with some joint pain. Okay, if this is I can get to you know, the, the four nails, it's, yep. the, it's like the, the that one the nail. finger, right? Yep. And I, if I go, so I've pushed, let me start. All right. So I've pushed on that and that's what hurts, but I've isolated that. I've moved okay. his ankle. There's no pain in right. the ankle joint or the elbow or in the shoulder.
2: Okay. So. I, you know, again, I don't want to, you're right. I mean, you have to wait till Tuesday. I mean, if it was fractured, my, my guess would be that we would have some swelling. Um, and you're not seeing that. And it is the toe. I mean, when you're looking at the ear, you're, tr- you're describing it very well. The ring finger, there's three bones in our ring finger. There's also in that toe. I, I would have to say because um that we should keep him quiet. I, uh, I don't even recommend people bandage at home. Um I mean, you could take him for a walk and just see if does that actually make him, does he start to head bob, which is a sign that you have pain in the front legs.
1: Um, After about five minutes of walking, he'll start that. So the walk yeah. extremely sure on a short lead. Yeah, I would, um,
2: but also, I would also just, uh, you know, I would still just, it, I wouldn't stop at that toe either. I mean, I know he's not going to bite you, but um, also um, I would check his elbow and, and his firm up, up on his arm too. But yeah, I, I can't, if it's partially dislocated, I don't want you to then... Go ahead and walk them without any s- extra support I don't want to make that recommendation when we don't know what's going on so I know it's going to be another long 72 hours um, be nice if they can get him in a Monday uh, so that because I know how much energy is just being pent up right in that um, right right in that that kennel of his but um, it needs to have the examination uh, you know of a of an expert maybe an x-ray maybe not uh, but with no swelling I doubt it's fractured I just worry a little bit about dislocation
1: Okay. If that but if I, it's
2: I, truly just the toe,
1: it seems to be just the toe. All he right, doesn't fuss with it. He's not licking. He's not. He doesn't pamper it right. any other way until he jams it. Like I just saw him jam it into the carpet. And yeah. He okay. Dead in his tracks. Okay. Uh, and you may not have heard me, but I, I did. I did go to the, the ankle joint, the elbow, all the way up, pressing in all different directions around, and he's give no it pain. Like a pull, a okay. pull, and a push, and then the same up to his shoulder with nothing. But okay. my my call is actually just about. Keep, Is there any way to manage the stress in the kennel or oh. you just kind of have to ride that through?
2: Yeah, I mean, there there really isn't. I mean, there's some, you know, things over the counter, you know, calming medications, yeah. not medications, but I don't really, I, I don't buy into those. Um, again, I, I think that, no, that we're going to kind of, w- without any veterinary medication, we really do have to kind of ride that out. And I'm so afraid to, I'm sorry to say that, Mark. I really am because <laughs> oh, I know, God. but let's keep them quiet. I have another dog that has. Their hips really flared up, and a German Shepherd, and you know you have to worry about the hips for German Shepherds. Yeah. And yeah. now we're having a worry about a disc in his back, and the owner is keeping him on bed rest, and it's killing both of them, but the dog no. is getting better.
1: Well, I okay. Wish the best for that dog, and thanks for taking my call. You do a great job. I enjoy the show.
2: Oh, thank you, Mark. Good luck. Have a good day. You Bye bye. Yeah, we just want to try to give you the the, the best guidance. You know, I can't diagnose, because I would never diagnose 100% um, with. Um, Uh, on the air without seeing a patient, but just sort to give you some guidelines. And I think Mark's doing the the safe thing. I know um, probably have to be out in a a minute. So um, I don't know if they've got a really – I might even go – let me go real quick and just see, Joe, you were – Talking about the red eyes. If I can just. Yes. Okay. And then if I can't finish, I will talk to you over the, over the phone because I have to be out okay, at 58 or you. I have till 59. I've got a, okay. We've got I've a, got we've got a next...
1: German Shepherd. Yeah. I got a German Shepherd. He's mm-hmm. uh, 12 years old, healthy.
2: Yeah.
1: Eating normal, drinking normal, taking good good care of him, exercising. He's got extremely red eyes. I right. Went to the vet. You still there? Yeah, I am. Okay. Went to the, to the vet. Everything checked out good. He got all his. Uh, Shots. He didn't have heartworm or uh, oh, good. You know, the test there. Great. So, um, yeah, so.
2: Any I medicines, forgot. Joe? Did he get any medications or you didn't mention and it he to told them? told me
1: to use something over the counter, but I worked wow. nights and I was. And, okay. uh, I was still. So I yeah.
3: forgot,
1: forgot Did, the coffee that day. So there's something he did the, the vet said that there's over the counter that it would be able to make the red eyes go away
2: uh, you know I, I there could be I mean I don't know if sometimes the red eyes are due to allergies sometimes they're yeah due
1: that's to, what it was
0: I okay forgot. you know there, <laughs> I like
2: is. there's I'll tell you this is safe and ophthalmologists use this quite a bit it's called genteel tears is um, a good eye drop I also like the refresh. Eye drops, refresh, and I get the individual ones so that you're, um, you got like, you're opening up a fresh pack every day or two. So those would be what I recommend, Joe. Okay. OK,
3: anything else?
2: No, I wouldn't begin. I wouldn't unless um I think those would be the ones I would start with. And and then um but, you know, I stay, stay on the air. I mean, I stay on the air, stay on the phone and I'll finish up off the air. But I do want to say thank you to everyone that has called in. The hour went by very fast, but we're going to be back in a couple of weeks. So call back with more Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080.